Hello folks, welcome along to the LWB Club Football Pod. Uh, we are building up to the weekend's football championship finals. Up for the match, obviously, Thursday night live from Tinryland GFC Clubhouse. That's going to be an absolute cracker. And while we're absolutely up to our tonsils organising that, we did get time to speak to some of the club's uh, managers slash players in the lead up to the weekend's finals. We didn't get to all of them. However, on the Up For The Match programme, we will have representation from all of the eight clubs in this weekend's finals. So, uh, coming up over the duration of this little, I suppose, bonus episode, we're going to hear from uh, Tin Ryland manager Steve O'Mara. We're going to hear from Pat O'Flynn of Palatine. We'll hear from Lockley Bridge boss Damien Farrell and we'll also hear from Fenna player Jamie Wall. So we're going to kick things off by hearing from Steve O'Mara. Now, delighted to be chatting with uh, Tenoyland Senior Football Manager Steve O'Mara ahead of the 2022 Senior Football Championship Final. Tenoyland up against Palatine. Who would have thought it at the start of the year? Probably a big target for Tenoyland, obviously, Steve. Uh, but uh, not many people would have put their uh, money on uh, this particular final pairing. Not that you mind. No, no. Brendan Hennessy told me it was uh, 1950 since they last played, was it? I think if you, if, you, if you multiply the bookies' odds out, it would have been over 100 to 1 from the start as the two teams would have, would have got that far and not played each other. So, yeah, it's a, a rare old uh, opportunity, I suppose. Yeah, it's been a real novel season, I think. Um, definitely one that neutrals are in- intrigued by, um, which I suppose... Aero going out in the quarter-final stages and Raffili obviously going out in the semi-finals. Like that, that's, that's amazing at the start of the year. Again, people wouldn't have really predicted that as such. But from your point of view, so you're into, are you into year two now or year three? With year, two. Year, two. year two, year two, yeah. Year two. But it's only year one and a half, really, because you didn't really get... One and a quarter, really, I'd say, with the junior final last year on the 31st of July. We really only got four or five weeks out of property last year, I suppose. So, yeah, I, I'd say one and a quarter is more like a cow. Yeah, so this is the first real full year that you had a proper pre-season and everything that you can go and prepare properly and have a right good cut at it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we spent the winter in the gym and we were probably back training by all accounts earlier than most teams. Um, I suppose we're going from Dublin. If you're, when you're coaching in Dublin, you're back on the 2nd of January, 3rd of January normally. So I thought I was coming back late in the middle of February and I was being told, yeah, most teams wouldn't be back yet. But look, we had a lot to do, a lot of technical work I wanted to do in the winter, a lot of tactical work. We, suppose look again an introduction for me last year was you know the I suppose the interpretation of the rules of different parts of the country are different and definitely the the rules around sort of grappling and handling of the body are a lot looser uh, down here than they would be saying in Dublin or, or Galway and that I spent the season probably getting used to that and realised yeah there's a there's a winter or two of gym work needed here to to catch up because we were just getting probably getting battered around the place a little bit by one or two of the more seasoned teams last year you know Mm-hmm. When you come into a club like you have with Tinoyland, and obviously your your uh, your CV and record speaks for itself, you obviously go and cut your cloth to suit your measure. At what point did you realise that the current style of Tinoyland are playing is right for Tinoyland, and what sort of experimenting do you do until you find that recipe? Yeah, well, look, we've we've done a good bit. We were probably playing a more expansive ger- game earlier in the league, and we were just actually managed all right during the league, but shipped shipped a good few goals in friendlies we played after the league. Now, I know the 12-week break isn't ideal, but I don't mind it. You get to play the teams at the standard you want to play and the days you want to play. And I think we played 9, 10, 11 friendlies in that, in that period, you know. But I suppose we were in close to championship, but just things weren't as tight as we wanted. But um, look, there's not, probably not as much a style as people think as well. Like A lot of it depends on what's thrown at you and who you're playing and what way they're set up as well. You know, like there have been probably, I know, look, I know, the game yesterday with Rangers probably wasn't pretty on the eye, certainly not in the first half, but there's days for playing certain kinds of games and there's parts of games for playing certain kinds of games. And, you know, we did open up in the second half and that was more or less the plan. And especially when, when the wind, which was stronger than it probably seemed to the stand, um, you know, the way the wind was, that game sort of bar really bad shooting. Like we kicked seven balls wide, shorter off the post yesterday in the first half. We'd actually more shots in the first half than Rangers had, having played into the wind. So as bad as the scoreline looked at half time, I don't think it was that brutal a, a first half performance. Like we got shots off at six of our first seven phases, which is extremely high. And now, as I say, it was effective for us on the day, bar the, the bad shooting for the second half. But, you know, not all the games have been like that either, you know, that first half. Hmm. Would you have been disappointed with how long it took you to get shots off? Could there have been a bit more urgency in the first half? Like, I know you're always saying as a coach, don't rush it, lads, don't rush it. But 
were they a little bit cautious in trying to create the opportunity early on, do you think? Again, what I'd say there is, now, the, the, the 10 minutes, the, the really bad period we had yesterday from 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. But like, the, I'm looking at analytics for, in front of me here, I'll just confirm now, if you if you bear with me, I think the expected score on 20 minutes, you know, we were we were quite dominant at that stage, um, to my mind, but we were shooting really poorly. The expected score at that stage was 3-1 to us, you know, but again, it's the laws of probability. We've shot quite well this year. Um, which last year we were shooting well below expected score nearly every game. We put a lot of work into shooting. You know, Eddie Dowling, the assistant coach, has done a lot of technical work with the boys, and the, the, the ball skills have improved hugely. And just now there was there was a really dirty win there in the first half. You, and I didn't appreciate it. I was in watching the the first game for five minutes to get a feel of the wind, and I thought, yeah, a slight moderate wind down the field there. Like that was a ferocious wind. I don't think people in the stands really realise you'd have to have been on the field to have got it. So ultimately, no, we'd a bad. 10 minutes again it was hard winning kickouts there yesterday it was a brutal wind and Rangers started turning them over between 20 and 30 minutes um, but like up to 27 minutes one point to nil down we'd had six shots we'd put them all short or wide when you look at the expected score it wasn't that brutal the first half to be honest with you mm. so you obviously expected Rangers to get back in numbers then like Look, I think in this day and age, really, everyone gets back in numbers, to be honest with you. Um, now, in fairness, what I'd say about Rangers, they're the first team we played this year who didn't hold the sweeper on any kickouts, went man and man up the field. And we did have the intention to give them their dues. They're, I think they're really well coached and really well schooled. And, uh, and look, her, technically, hurling tackling is more difficult. I always found that hurling tacklers tend to be better football tacklers than most footballers footballers only say that there were times there we knew they'd go man to man on the kick out and you know we wanted to if we got hands and ball on the kick out to the half back line or midfield we wanted to go after but once or twice like big runners like Conor O'Toole and Paddy Regan tried to go by them and they were just pushed back you know so you have to you have to give range their dues there like they, they did go man on man maybe to the halfway line and they made a couple of turnovers and they, they they pushed us back a few times and then you go into that kind of safer play to, to build it up like but um, you know it, it wasn't sort of turning your backs to the ball uh, and getting back to the 45 from Rangers to give them their dues um, not that I have any issue with that if it's the practical thing to do at a certain time um, but I think in modern football like everyone's getting men behind the ball I think Rangers probably more than themselves the two or three lads left up the whole time um, which I think on the average of things probably is <laughs> less defensive than, than most teams in modern football, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I kind of found yesterday, and I don't know how much knowledge you would have had of, of it beforehand or not, and again, it's something we remarked upon in the podcast, and it was nothing to do with, with poor offending the goal from one of the Rangers. But in general, as a rule, right, if you're coming into a game like that, and you see someone that's played maybe a couple of minutes, which I think he did the last day as a blood sub, uh, so effectively no football, right? It's such an important position. Was it a, a thought process to maybe go after? Because I looked at it and I think, you know, it didn't seem like he really properly went after that. And if you look back on the goal, I don't think there was a full squeeze put on. There was a bit of a split. And are you trying to force that out to a corner back? Or, you know, I've got a couple of questions, I suppose, there. Um, it's a couple of statements that are supposed to be questions, but you see where I'm coming from. <laughs> Yeah, no. Listen again. I, I won't go too. I don't. I won't go too much in depth on that. But what I would say now, listen. I got wind that their keeper was injured. Um, somebody was linked down in Boroughs Tolls on Saturday morning. And my initial thought was, I've got four pieces of info intel this year, and three of them were absolute plants that weren't accurate. <laughs> so I'm not paying too much attention to that. But then make some some down to be the stats and honors. There's a there's a different lad in there, and the goal's warming up. Um, look, what I'd say is that goal wasn't listen huge pressure. Lad. It wasn't entirely accidental now from our side either. If you look at Conor Brennan's movement, um, it wasn't entirely accidental. Other side, listen, the analytics we had going into that game was our lowest expected score in any game was 12 points. Our highest expected score concession was 8 points. Rangers have scored 7 goals in 2 games. My feel was we weren't going to lose that game unless we shot brutally. The whole script went upside down or they got 2 goals or more. So playing into that win in the first half, we did sit the sweeper, um, and you know, and you wouldn't always, but we did. Um, second half, I suppose. Look, if if you look back, 
we did give up the first one, the second one, sort of a halfway house. But from then on, I suppose maybe inspired by the fact that obviously if a, if a keeper gives one away, they're probably feeling the heat. We did, I think, turn over the next two or three in a row were mm. first long. And that's probably what they brought, they brought back in the, the regular keeper just to, to bang them long for the last 15 minutes, you know. Yeah, that's what I thought you might have went after. But I suppose then if you force them into that situation, you may not have time to get back into your defensive shell. And we've you know seen Rangers this year, as you mentioned, the goals they've scored. That's probably the biggest conundrum any coach will have before a game anyway, is, is, is whether you go do that or not, isn't it? Yeah, well, again, I'll tell you straight up, mine would be purely based on analytics. What are the opposition scoring off their short kickouts? What are their opposition scoring on the turnover? What are we conceding off opposition short kickouts? What are we scoring off the turnover? And it's basically a mathematical equation. And then I suppose you'd, you'd inverse that against the expected score that you would see from the respective teams coming into the game. And it's literally a, a risk-reward evaluation. Is it worth going after them or not? And against some teams it is, and against some teams it isn't. And in some periods of some games it is, and in some periods of some games it isn't. Mm. What do you say for people out there that have the, the old-school mentality of analytics are a lot of shit? And I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but just say... Last year, that probably would have been thrown at you a little bit when you have the stats there in front of you to back things up and you have the stats there to illustrate why you lost as well. But people will turn around and say, oh, this now and all this, that and the other. So, Jesus, if you don't kick the ball over the bar, and it's prehistoric line of thinking, but it is obviously very frustrating as well when, when people do say stuff like that because you're trying to get them to understand maybe where you're coming from. Um, and the facts don't lie, do they? I don't try to get too many people to understand too much, Kev, to be honest. As, uh, <laughs> as Sun Tzu said, if, if your enemy is making mistakes, don't educate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm half joking. Listen, I wrote an article, you know, I did a bit of work not too similar to yourself in Dublin a few years back. I wrote an article about football and two rule changes that would change the game overnight for the better. I appreciate some of that style of football isn't pretty to watch, you know, um, for a neutral. Listen, I love games like that, even as a neutral. I remember watching for Man on Monaghan in 2018, um, and I had to turn it off 15 minutes left. It was 8-6, everybody was giving out, and I was loving it. I was disgusted. I had to go for the last 15 minutes. I appreciate it's not 90% of people's cup of tea, and I do think, you know, and I'd probably be shooting myself in the toe as a coach if I was given carte blanche to the rules of Gaelic football. I would ban the back pass for the goalkeeper and I would bring in a basketball rule that every physical foul is uh, free for 45 metres in front of the goal. I think football will be revolutionised overnight. You wouldn't need to bring in mad rules trying to encourage kicking because there'd be more value for a cornerback to kick the ball long than have to actually go by his man as opposed to turn around and give it to the keeper. But, you know, as a, as a, a hurling coach I had when I was a, a young adult says, I don't make the rules, I just work in my favour as best as I can. Yeah, and that's all you can do, I suppose. Looking ahead to this Sunday and looking at the opposition, with, I suppose, the line of thinking that you do commit a lot forward when you win the ball, uh, is getting the balance between the numbers going forward and the mind in the house one of the biggest factors in this? Because out of all the teams, I would say, in the championship this year, Pal have that raw pace that they can get the ball from back to front pretty quickly. I'm sure that's something that's, uh, that's on your mind. Yeah, listen, I haven't, I haven't given a huge amount of thought to Pal yet, I won't lie to you, probably start having a look this evening, um, I went in and watched the game on Saturday obviously, but it was more sort of to, to free the mind, it was more entertaining myself and took the stress away from myself on Saturday night, uh, it was the first couple of hours I enjoyed all weekend, but uh, no, listen, Pal have serious pace and they're definitely they're a different proposition from anybody else, I think, in the championship this year, and I did say a number of people around Carlo will verify when I watched the first games of the weekend, I said, if I didn't know anything about Carlo football, I would say Pal are the team to beat. Um, I thought they were flying. I went no range and were missing a huge amount of players that day. But even taking them into account, I just thought they were absolutely flying fist. Their style was just serious pace off the shoulder. Really smart players. They're in serious condition. Um, you know, there's huge work done in there, you can see it. Um, so listen, yeah, obviously that's a factor. Um, as I say, we'll try and get our hands on a video or two and we'll start going at it tonight and have a bit maybe for tomorrow in training and we'll, we'll go through the whole shebang on, on Friday night then with the lads, you know. Another big headache this week. Does Roderick start? 
Ah, well, look, as I, as I say, you're not going to tell me anyway, but like, I'll give you the piece, I'll give you the, I'll give you the official line there. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll assess who it is and isn't dangerous, yeah. line and what the side of play is. Yeah. And uh, this is called the we'll, left wing uh... back podcast for a reason, it's left wing in nature, <laughs> but. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not expecting you to answer it, obviously, Steve. But like, no, no. it no, is look, one of those catch twenty two, isn't it? It's obviously, it's obviously a, a consideration now. You know, he hasn't, he's been injured all year. Listen, Paul's had a huge amount of injuries. It's nearly a miracle that he's still playing. Like you know, and look, he played a bit of soccer over the winter, but it's it's a lot lighter on the the ankles and the body playing soccer. You know, it's a lot. Gaelic football's all twist and turn, and so a lot of the injuries, a lot of injuries that Paul has. You know they're 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 difficult, especially on the heavy ground or on the hard ground. So it's even you know a few days rain, which I guess was coming, might not do any harm either. To be all soft, but look, we do, we we have to look at we weigh it up. But as I say, we to see one or two lads got hits yesterday. We will see who's where as they analyze pal, see you know see how we see the game going and what we think we need at different points. Obviously, look, assuming assuming the body holds up over the week. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving away state secrets. I get feature at some stage. Um, look, we'll, we'll see. You know, it'll be great if you can start, and you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes later in the week. Mm. The pleasing thing from that particular point of view is, when you're looking at this from the get-go, and Paul's obviously come back into the fall a little bit later than everyone else. And now, obviously, has a good few months under the belt since the soccer season ended. But you know, didn't obviously come back and walk in for for various reasons. I know he's had his injuries too, but the fact that you can go and spring him. And stay loyal to the lads that have, I suppose, been there since maybe a January or that. That's got to be pleasing. And it would be one of the first things thrown at you if things weren't going right. And no doubt, if he doesn't start on Sunday and to Ryan Duncan over the line, it'll probably be one of the first things thrown at you as well. And then if you did start him and, and you didn't lose or you didn't win, uh, it'll also be thrown at you. So, moral of the story... Fuck what people say, basically. To be, to be you know, kinda, for, you know, <laughs> everything is thrown at you anyway if you lose. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> things will be things will be found to throw at you if you lose by by some yeah. people anyway. But not look. As was, as was one of the beauties probably at Tidder Island is I know probably haven't had massive success with underage over the last whatever amount of years. Under minor championship ones seven or eight seven years ago, I think it was seven or eight years ago. Um, but there is a lot of decent footballers there. Maybe not, maybe not like Air Org, where you you could have 10, 12, 15 lads are good enough for the county. But there is a big, like, you look at the junior team on its day, like, six or seven of those boys could be playing senior, maybe aren't for one reason or another. Um, so we did have the supply and demand that, you know, we could we could back the boys who've been training. And we put in a serious professional shift this year. And, Seven, eight lads coming from Dublin and were, you know, running separate Dublin sessions during the year. And look, you have to be, you have to be loyal to the boys. Look, as long as they're performing, obviously to a, a certain standard, you have to be loyal. But there has been, there has been a base of probably 17, 18 lads who trained inter-county standards this year, and ultimately, you know, and missed virtually nothing or they've missed it, they're completely accountable. So you know, we've been loyal to those boys as long as they're performing. Certain standard one or two, probably just unfortunately haven't necessarily started off to get off all the games from those. Now, listen, there's other boys came in, you know, a few boys came back in May, but I knew they weren't coming back till May, and that's fine. And as I know, just an important point out, Paul didn't finish the soccer season either, um, you know, um, and he did, you know, it was injuries kept him out in the, in the league. He played the Aero group game, and that was it. Um, but look, no, it is. It, it, it's great that lads there, you know, like Barry Power there. I, I heard was it yourself said, "Isn't that the longest I played junior C against Barry Power?" That's a you fact. know, yeah, yeah. And listen, Barry was playing junior A all his life. He, he's twenty-seven. He made a senior debut in championship, came on against Ballinabrana. Fifteen minutes left. Then he started against Air Og the following week, and he won. Barry's missed one training session all year. Um, he's in serious shape. He's playing to the process. I can put him in Shane Rebbins in training, and Shane's not sound from volume. So, you know, so that's probably the kind of example, kind of lad who, you know, hasn't played all the championship games, but he's played some, and he's he started two out of four. He's featured in all four. Um, so probably a good few boys in that category that trained and trained and trained well and have performed well. So they're in the team. It is very hard then, you know, even if it's a Paul Broderick, um, to just come back in and, and push one of those boys out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you haven't got the analytics done on, on Pal. What's the expecting score after 20 minutes or, or half time? Or do you know, yeah? 
<laughs> one arm heavy. <laughs> ah, good stuff. Listen, Steve. I, I, I take one. I'll take one all after twenty minutes, Kevin. Yeah, go man. You, you'll take you'll take two one after sixty. It's uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely, whatever it is. Absolutely. Steve, you've been very good with your time. Really enjoyed no chatting with you, and the best luck to yourself and all the lads. All right. Thanks very much, Kevin. Now we're joined by Palatine Senior Football Manager Pado Flynn. Pado, you're very welcome. Uh, great to be chatting to you. Pal in the county final. Not something a lot of people would have thought at the start of the year. Pado Flynn probably thought differently, no doubt. Yeah, no, look, um, I, I think Kev, as, as I would have said um, for the last couple of weeks, they're a great bunch of lads in Pal. They're, they're really interested in their football. Um, Killian Roach had the guys in, in, in reasonable order for you know, the month of January and February when I actually took on the job and you know, like in football, if you have a fit, interested team, it's it's kind of half the battle. So it is. So like um, as the year went on, like we knew the league at the start of the year was going to be very tough for us. Um, Jack Brennan was was out injured at that stage. Uh, Craig Harney was coming back from a you know a bad groin injury from the year before, and like you know it 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 you know, and in fairness to the club, to to, to all involved in Palatine. They all knew the league was not going to be, you know, a great scenario in the sense of it was all about getting everyone fit and right for the championship. But as the league went on, an awful lot of young players then started putting their, you know, hands up for selection. And, you know, after the first game against their old, like we went out against Rathvilly and we had a, a, a mighty game out in Rathvilly where kind of lads that day left and kind of went, well, right. Fair enough, Brendan Murphy wasn't playing that day for, for Raffili and one or two others, but you're going kind of going through it and maybe 10 or 11 of last year's county final winning team was playing and suddenly you could just see the younger players were beginning to believe in themselves because what they were doing on the field was, you know, good enough to be involved. And as the year went on, they kept improving it. And you get back then Horse from the senior hurlers, you get back Connor Crowley from from um, the senior footballers via Chicago and you get back... Um, you know, you have other players there really pushing on and training, and like, uh, you know, and you know, you have Tom Sheen has put back, you know, hol- uh, you know, years holidays to to Canada. Jamie Kenny, similar, you know, like so, you know, the lads themselves as the year went on believed in themselves, and it's you know, at no stage during the year was I like kind of looking out from the dressing room, kind of going, just what are we going to do here? Like there was always numbers of training, there was always people interested in. Probably the only hard time we had was probably around the leaving cert because a lot of lads go on holidays and a lot of lads doing the leaving cert involved in the group and college exams and that. So, yeah, look, and the league went well, as in great to get to the league semi final, great to get a day out in Netwatch Cullen Park and play Raffili again. And again, we had some good passages of play. But, you know, um, as a Kilkenny man, um, Kevin, and as Colin Bonner always told us with, with WIT, uh, leagues are for finding the extra one or two players. If you win it, brilliant. If you don't, you don't. It's it's championship is the be all and end all. And uh, that's you know. And in fairness to the club, the club weren't saying to me win leagues or anything like that. It was to get performances in the championship. So, in fairness, when the players know that, the supporters know that, and everyone in the club knows that. It's 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 you know, you know, a week is a long time in politics. A month is a long time in club football. Uh, give a man nine months, you know, you can't really have excuses when you come to championship not to be performing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And <clears throat> that's what's the thing in Carlo is with relegation not being a, a problem or promotion if you're in the lower tiers. You know, it does just give you the opportunity to use it as sure. Like, to be honest with you, I don't like to, to demean the competition, but it's no different to the Kelly Cup of Unleashed. Like, you can't, yeah. you know, it's, it's nice to win it, uh, but you can't get relegated over it. If you win 1B or Division 2, whatever it is, you don't go up. So, like, it is just literally an exercise of trying to find one or two, really. Yeah, well, it, it is and it isn't. Like, it, 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 like I, 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 I think in Carroll, people underestimate it because, like, it is fierce and valuable. Like, in, you know, in the sense of that you're giving players experience. Like, like, if you go out and you just play your championship 15 and forget about everything else, I'd agree with what you're saying, Kevin. But yeah. the nature of the league that the county players aren't allowed to play both at under 20 level and at senior level it means then that you're naturally going to be progressing players as the year goes on and it gives people an opportunity. It also puts a structure to the year that, you know, you have your league the first few months of the year and then you have a break for championship and it's in effect, it's giving you a second chance at a pre-season. So I know why the feeling is there about it, that it's a meaningless competition, but Raffili used it you know, for two years there to win a senior county final, they built their squad back on the back of it. Pat Ryan himself would would tell you that that that's where they picked players out of it. We used it this year, like Josh Egan, Brian McMahon, Sean Woods, Chris Parrell, Keen Kelly, 
Alexi Sunderland, they all made their senior debuts for the club in, in the competition this year and last year. So like it, it is vital, so it is like and and the reality is if you didn't have that competition, um, Kevin, to try and get challenge matches around the country in football is next to impossible, so it is. So it 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 it, it, it it's not the ideal solution. But it's probably the best of what you can actually do when you don't have county player involvement. And at the end of the day, you know, if I asked you to name out the last 10 league winners in, in Carlo, you'd, you'd struggle to tell me. So, like, you know, at, at, where, where, whereas we we all know who won the last few county football finals and who was in the final. And we'd probably make a fair stab at who was in the county semifinals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the reality of it. Um, before last weekend's game, I suppose, the O'Loughlin one in particular... Um, you know, there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of state there. Was that a difficult enough one to approach? Because if you go down the route of over-experimenting, maybe, like, then you lose a bit of momentum. But, like, you're kind of, both teams are a little bit on a hiding to nothing with that one. But it ended up being a decent game of football at the same time. Uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, like the, the reality is, those two weeks were tough weeks for anyone in management within, within Gaelic football or hurling. Um, like, First thing is being a young side, we had a number of players starting off their first week in college, a number of players starting leaving search year in school, a number of players starting um, you know, work placement within their college courses. So so in effect, going from being, I won't say professional Gaelic footballers for the month of August and July, but they're able to, you know, work around their lives that they're able to get to the gym in the morning. Mammy was making dinner at home. They weren't relying on, you know, takeaways, etc. So like it, it is. And then the natural energy drain of driving two hours from Limerick, Galway, Cork, Dublin, you know, there's a number of players on the squad travel and, you know, electric picnic as well. You know, it was, you know, a few lads did go to electric picnic and, and it's called life. They're not professional footballers. And, you know, um, like in relation to the Auckland game, like, you know, like we, we had a number of injuries going into that match. Um, you know, and but I don't believe in excuses, Kevin, as in lads got their chance for that match, you know, and lads, you know, like any day you pull on a championship jersey, it doesn't matter the status of the game. You're going out to represent your club, your colleagues, yourself, your family. There is no easy game. And all Auckland that day, like, and, and I, I flagged it with the players beforehand, all Auckland are a serious, serious football side. They, sh- they could have bet Ravili in that first game. They could have bet Rangers in that second game. And you look at how well those teams performed thereafter in the championship, both made the county semi-finals. Like, and O'Loughlin put us to the pin of their collar. And, you know, Aaron Ammon, Mikey Bambrick and them, they're serious footballers. So they are, you know, uh, Patrick Coughlin as well. So like, they came at us in waves. And like, in fairness to our players, they figured it out in the second half. And and it happens in football, ebbs and flows. So it does even the great football team of Dublin and Kerry have days where, you know, sides play better than them and you have to eke out the hard yards and for me that was the, the brilliant thing on the on the on the uh, for that game was the lads eked out the hard yards the hard scores and you know could have very easily said nah not going to try but that's the character that's within the team and that's the character within the setup and every day we go out kev it doesn't matter who's been named to start or play we're putting out our best 15 to play the match and you know um you know brian cody jim gavin all these great managers, they all say excuses are for losers. And I, I firmly believe that as in, if you put yourself in a position where you're using an excuse, you know, you shouldn't be in charge of a, a football team. It, your job is to get the team in such a condition and best possible shape that a reason doesn't come into it as, you know, why you lost the game. If you lose a game like that, well, you're not the best team on the day. Was it a brawn hairdryer or a Dyson hairdryer that came out at halftime the other day? Because something was said at halftime. The boys come out and got three points in the first minute or two. Uh look, I, I think I think we had some um fruit pastilles at halftime. Maybe they were a bit low on sugar, so or um I'm just a you know, um no, like look, in fairness to the guys, they they weren't happy with their their level of performance. Um, but you have to give huge credit to Rafili. Like Rafili had every angle of us covered, they had every move covered. And in, in that scenario, again, it's about figuring out what's best for the team. And, you know, it's it sometimes takes to half time to get in and just just figure out what's what's going on out in the field of play. And, you know, in fairness, a half back might have a view in the game, but doesn't realize what's actually happening up in the corner. That's that's clogging up a bit of space. So like um, 
no, no, hair, hair dryers. The day of a hair dryer, Kevin, just, just you know, we're, we're nice and calm at halftime. Have a look at what happens and then come out and assess for the, the second half. But again, like you're 30 minutes from a, a county final and, you know, the county final is the big day in Carlow to get to. Uh, it's a huge occasion, so it is. Like, uh, you know, I've often gone to the Carlo Senior Football Finals um, because they don't really clash with the, the Hurling Finals in Kilkenny. They, they seem to always just work out nicely, as in the, the two showpieces. Um, and like they're, they're momentous occasions and days to get to. And for this team, it was a huge thing for them to get to the final. They'd suffered the heartbreak uh, two years ago against Raffili in the, I think it was the delayed 2020 semi final. So, yeah, like it's 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 huge, um, you know. So yeah, look, the players themselves drive it on, um, uh, Kevin. So yeah, it, it, it is. But like half time, a point down to the county champions. I think a lot of people at the start of the year would take that scenario, um, you know. And so like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we're uh, getting a bit tight on time, but just a couple of things before we finish up. Um, I think the most notable thing that changed the other day was the injection of pace probably in the second half and going back to simple things like shooting on the loop, you know, just taking the right option essentially. Like, And uh, I'll tie this in with the last point then. When it comes to Tin Ryland and, you know, the shape or whatever, they commit a lot of men forward, as we know, yeah. yeah? So Pal really do have the pace to trouble them on the counter-attack. So I'm guessing that is, uh, maybe it's not the single biggest factor in the game, but it's definitely something that you might go after anyway, I'd say. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Kevin. Like, it's, it's, it's like people make, make, you know, make an issue out of tactics and whatever else in, in football. Anyone who's watched PAL this year knows we have a very simple game plan. It's, you know, we go man on man, best, and we just bank on the fact that our guys will, will go out and give their best shot, if you know what I mean, on the day. Yeah, we have a lot of attacking base. It's, it's brilliant to see. It's, it's the way I think football should be played on the front foot and, you know, make it make it exciting. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, football finals are there to be won. Uh, I was with Selbridge last year, Kev. We lost the Hurling final to Nace by a score. They went on and walked the All-Ireland final. Uh, so, like, it, finals are there to be won. Uh, I don't think anyone in Palatine or Tinder Island will care what the score is once there's somebody in their colours going up the stand to get the cup off Jim Bulger at 20 past five on on, 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 on Sunday. But, um, you know, anyone who knows me, even from a hurling point of view, Kevin, you saw me with the county setup for a number of years. We we try and outscore the opposition and like with, with you know, and that's that's the way we set up. And it's the way Pal, it's the way Pal's traditions also set up is that they're, you know, an attacking team and, and and you know go after the game if you know what I mean. So like the one thing I hope for on Sunday is when we come off the field we'll have no regrets, uh because it's it's a long winter if you have regrets if you go out and give it your best shot, like uh, you know using the hurling parlance Kilkenny last July, yes they got bet in the All Ireland final, but I don't think any player really had any regrets afterwards to give it their best shot on Sunday. That's what we hope to do. Um, there'll be a massive massive pal crowd there. I thought the the roof was going to come off the hinges in Netwatch when uh, Shane O'Neill got that that point uh, the third point. I was like, God, you knew at that stage the difference between the group stages in senior championship in Carlow and the knockout stages, and even the previous week the Raffilier O game there was some crowd there and you know Bagnallstown Rangers game as well. So yeah, look, it's 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 uh, tactics. I don't get too worked up about um, Kevin because. You can have a tactic for everything, but at the end of the day, it's not American football. There's not a break every 20 seconds. There's not a microphone into the players' ears. It's it's a game that takes on a life of its own, and I'm sure the players will will give it absolutely everything on Sunday. Good stuff. Paddo, the very best uh, luck to yourself and everyone in Palatine. Thanks for chatting to us here, all right? Thanks very much, Kev. And now we're joined by the Fenna giant captain, Jamie Wall, good friend of mine. Not too long since I was uh, changing that man's nappy. We won't mention the fact that it was only two years ago. Uh, <laughs> Gosh, you look, Kev, you have, to, you have to look after too. Like, not been doing it yourself. <laughs> How's things, Jamie? Ah, not too bad, Kevin, yourself. Ah, flying and out. Sure, it must be like Christmas week out there in Fenna, is it? Ah, there's a bit of a buzz around, all right. The bunting is out and the flags are out. We had a couple of, of diehards out with the flags last night and the flag man coming tonight to train. Jesus. It's, yeah. uh, it's a bit like Christmas, sorry, for some of them. Yeah, 
that's what it's all about. And of course, with sports, in your point of view, you have to focus on the game. But like, it's nice to be able to embrace and take in everything that's going on around you too, and and, and feed on it because like it's not too often it happens. I know when you're in Fenna, you do get the county finals a good bit. You got to go through junior finals. Uh, you're back in intermediate final. You're in a senior final, which doesn't seem that long ago to me, but at the same time, it's 18 years. So um, you you have you have been somewhat familiar with it, but at the same time, you have to enjoy each and every one of them because no different to me on club. 17 years since they were in the county final, their first team. Um, so you have to embrace it, don't you? Yeah, you definitely do. Like, there's a lot of lads there. Even you look at the the good minor team there from Jack Trace's age group, Cormac Lomax's age group. You know, these boys are used to win the whole way up to one under sixteen, the one and under eighteen, back to back. Like, and they've been kind of starved of county finals since then, bar the junior. You know, so you have to kind of take them when they come because they don't come around that often, and the years are flying by. Like, mm-hmm. yep. you know, so. A fair test last weekend, Jamie. Uh, you would have expected no different, I suppose, but the type of test that you probably want going into a final, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kildavon are always, always hard to get over, you know, to, to bring a physical presence, which sometimes doesn't suit us with being that bit of a smaller team and a younger team. But um, the lads stood up now in fairness in the second half, pressure came on. Kildavon brought it really in the last kind of 10-15 minutes and we were under pressure, but... When you win games like that, it does benefit you in the end. But thankfully, you got over the line because last year we struggled again in the last couple of minutes and they kind of ran by us. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead to Navon, it's not that long ago since you played them in a junior final, 2018, I think it was. And they put up a fair score against Kilbride the other day. Like, so another big test. And sure, you're never going to win a county final easily, but especially when it comes to Navon. <laughs> um, they, um, they are a serious dogged side, but they have some very good footballers too, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah, yeah. Like, you look at John Mike, your big target man in full forward, kick it high, kick it low, it doesn't matter. Like, he has pace to burn as well. Adam Kenny, sure, Adam is probably one of the best right foots in Carroll. Um, steady over the freeze, Cottle Tracy, Scott Tracy. Um, but they're, like, they're not your typical Michael team that usually brings that physical side either. Like, they have speed, they have you, they have a nice blend going on there. Like, in the, even in the league final, you take it, we are two points up, they hit the side netting. And we went down and got a point off it. Like that could have been a, a swing there. All of a sudden they could have went a point up. Um and even in the championship they gave us a nice run until till they kind of went down to 14 men, and that's when the game opened up a small bit, I suppose we could sit back. Mm-hmm. So um like I suppose from, from your own point of view then as well, we know your history with running. Um it's obviously a help when it comes to football. Um are you doing much of it aside from that? Do you plan on getting back into it or are you just fully focused on, on this entirely now? Um, at the minute, I'm fully focused on, on the football. Um, I took the year away from hurling as well this year. Um, the kind of focus on the football is enjoying me football and I wanted to give it a good go. Um, but the running, I'd say, now I want to go lose two or three stone, I'd say, if I just get back into that. But it still hasn't gone away from me. It helps in the football, especially when you haven't got a whole lot of talent off either foot. It's handy to give and go. Um it saves me a small bit, but like fitness gets you so far, but you have to have a football and brain and a bit of ability too, I suppose. Yeah, I think you're doing yourself a bit of a disservice. There's loads of football in you as well. I suppose <laughs> from yourself and Tommy Brick's point of view, obviously two of you are giant captains. Like, what age are you about? 25, 24? I think 24. I think he's, he's 24 as well. He's the same age group, so he's going over the same age group. Like, probably relatively young captain wise. Like, and how, how are you finding that this year? Um, should look if it's only going in for the toss, really, isn't it? You know, it doesn't really matter. Like, we have an awful lot of vocal lads there, like Sean Murphy with experience. And even the last kind of since the start of the year, Frank Murphy has come back. And Frank is quite a vocal person, and he's been there, he's played senior, you know. So, myself and Tommy, while we do speak a small bit, we kind of leave it to the to the kind of older lads and the lads with a bit of experience, you know. But Carl McLummox, even in with the county, Jamie McKay, Pines. These lads, you know, these talk. Jack Tracy is actually quite vocal for a chap that's that's only new on the block as well. Um, he's well able to give out when he needs to. And he's, he wouldn't be quiet. Jack was never quiet. <laughs> no, I don't. Jack definitely wouldn't be quiet, but he has the ability to back it up, I suppose. But being captain, even Tommy, you tell yourself, like, you know, we all we kind of swap who goes up for swap, uh, toss and that kind of thing. Like, it doesn't really... Being captain is just kind of on the paper and that's it. You know, for us, we just go out and we play our football and we enjoy playing it. And same what everyone does. Once you win, you're happy and that's it. Yeah, you lead, you lead by playing. It's still a great honour, isn't it, at the same time? Um, when, when you are when you are a captain, I suppose. Um, 
just uh, going back to another recruit, a, a temporary recruit, but he's made a bit of a difference, and that's your brother. Um, I, I know, I know, the other boy mightn't be too far away from home. Maybe in the next week or two, he might be back, and then Sir Dion is gone. It must be a rule out there that you can't have the three walls together in Ireland at the same time, or maybe that's only come in the last year or two. But uh, it couldn't have felt better for for Dion. In fairness, I, I believe he's away. Is it next Tuesday? So yeah, Tuesday. That after... Pretty good, didn't it? Yeah, Tuesday after the final, and then uh, the Craig is back to Wednesday, I think. Um, so, but no, Dion, Dion's a bit of size and a bit of ignorance in there when you need him. You know, he's he's not afraid to get stuck in. Um, yeah. He tell you himself now, with football ability, he could be slim, but sure, sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you just need a physical presence, especially at full back where he's playing. Um, you know, he is he's a big lump of a chap, and he's well able to move as well. Yeah. He he tells he, he goes to play a game of ignorance and occasionally football breaks out, you see. That's his that's Yeah, his yeah, team. yeah. That's that's exactly it. You know, if if he can go on be ignorant and a bit of football and comes his way, he's happy enough, like. Yeah. Um yeah. but sure he he'd burst you anyway, like in tra- being in training or at home, like he's just he's just one of these lads that's just pure ignorance. <laughs> no, no, no if we got Craig back now, Craig would be a, a good talent, but I can't see him coming back to be honest with you. He's uh after getting sucked into the golf. So I'd say that'll be on his mind now once he gets back from overseas. He's not one of them. He's, He's one, one of them as well. I'm uh, one of them as well, Kev, yeah. Yeah. Ah, Jesus, like, what's the world coming then, Hall? Uh, give up I'm the sunshine hurling for sunshine golf. I'm only saying that, of course, because I can't play the game. And in, in actual fact, let me just see now, while we have you doing this recording, can I actually get this video? That's me video? nearly hitting the ball back up into my hand. Uh no, this in fact is me out in the driving range going back. Uh, right, yeah, 2013. There's a timestamp on it. Uh, I got so frustrated going out to the driving range that day that I went out to the boat with a car and got the plastic hurt. So I know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's one way of doing it, as far as Kev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're so known for the hurting abilities. I only give up about golfers because I uh, because I can't play the game. Basically, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. But um, anyway, that's the that's the joys of it. Jamie, look, we'll we'll leave it at that. I know you you have training and different things to get started. Uh, nice to have a chat with you. The very best luck, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Kev. And now we're joined by Damien Farrell, Lockler Bridge Football Manager. Uh, building up to what is a very exciting week. Um, I have to say, I'm buzzing as well. Something I thought I'd never see, given the fact that it's 17 years. Locker Bridge back in a in a county championship final. The first team, of course, that we're referring to when we when we say that they were um, first of all well done in getting Lachlan into a final. Uh, you'll want to go and win it now, not out, obviously. But great whole buzz around the place. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, straight after the the, the final whistle after extra time on Friday night. Now the, the lads were uh, there was a good buzz there, and I, you know there was seventeen years as you say. Um, and they've been unlucky, I suppose, you know, in the last couple of years in the semi-final, maybe they're just not getting there. So I'd say there was a lot of relief from them just getting over the line and making the final. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose, without taking anything away from yourself, uh, another era old man is probably responsible for starting this bit of a revolution in the oh, last yeah. couple of years. Oh, Mr. yeah, definitely. Mr. Mr. Skippy, yeah, in 2020. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, obviously another era old man has come in and uh, and followed suit, no doubt with probably slightly different ideas or whatever, but... Uh, there seems to have been a big, big culture shift there the past couple of years. Yeah, like Skippy had done great work and, and we would have all been in the club. I was still involved with Aero, but to be always aware of what he was doing outside of especially with Lachlan. And he's been there a couple of times, so there's a great kind of relationship between the two of them. So we were coming in just to help build to what he had started. Um, Hugh was in with us as well. I think he was a selector the last couple of years as well. So that's the bit of continuity. And then we've David in, who's David Kelly, who's doing fantastic work with the SNC side of it, um, all over the winter and all year. So it's, I suppose, lucky as well that it's probably the right time. It's just all come together. Yeah, uh, David in particular, very good friend of mine. Plays underage with him, played a little bit at uh, ad level with him as well. And look, if you look at his resume, he's been involved with Carla Minor sides. He was with Joe Higgins, Wolverine, Arnest Killeen, and uh, it's funny because often what what's the saying? You can be uh, was a, a bad a bad disciple in your own land or a poor disciple yeah, in your own land. Yeah, basically, basically, yeah, yeah. basically undervalued a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah. bless, bless, bless to have, bless to have David 
in around there, like from from that point. Oh, he is. He's, he's, he, he knows his stuff. He's excellent, and and he's so passionate as well that um, we had a training session a few weeks ago, and it wasn't going too well, and I was fed up talking to them. So I kind of said, "Look, David, if you want to say something," and he he went berserk with them, which was brilliant. It was. Uh, it was just passionate and about what he felt, what they could be going to do, and where they could end up if they if they kept working hard. So um, it's kind of worked as well so far. Yeah, they were like being honest about before a ball was kicked and the draw was made. You'd be thinking, Lachlan could be in a bit of bother here because if you could have handpicked a draw to be as bad, like Jamie Mac, you had two teams that had just come down out of intermediate and two good teams as well, like and a very good Tin Island second team. And yet, like when you look at the the balance of it now, the way things panned out, you know it's 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 a phenomenal turn up for the books. Obviously, you've had that a bit of internal self belief, but uh, like at, at the start of the year, I would have said probably some lads might even be looking at that and thinking that is a daunting task. How do you go about changing that? How did you go about getting into their heads? I suppose and making them have that bit of belief to go on and come out with a group and and get into a county final. Um. Well, the night it was the draw was on. I was I was coming home from a trip to Spain. I was in the back of a, a bus coming out of Dublin Airport and logged into Facebook and I I, I did a bit of a scream as you say because the two teams who had been relegated and then to Ireland. But kind of once we settled down and talked about what we felt, if we get out of the group, we thought it was very one-sided group compared to the other one. No disrespect to the other team, so we kind of said if we get out of the group, be it straight into a semi or a quarter, we would be in a good position because we would have had three really good games behind us um, and that was it we just kind of kept telling the lads how good they could be if they kept applying themselves um, the league was okay we got to the semi-final but it wasn't anything fantastic and then we had some really good challenge games with intermediate teams around Carlos so that kind of set us up then we obviously got knocked down badly by Clamore in, in the first game 17 points and um from then on now in fairness the players have just been they've been brilliant mm-hmm. uh, I suppose now that you've mentioned Clomore we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit and when you saw what they did to other clubs I suppose after that first round and obviously Tin Island then you know made amends for that to a certain extent in the semi-final like all if, if you're from Lockler Bridge I suppose this is a great position to go into a county final in the whole of Carlos thought about Clomore and there's a lot of pressure on them, and they, they know it as well, I think. I suppose there is a deal of pressure on Lachlan to turn up and perform as well at the same time, right? But it's not the worst position you could be, in, you could be coming into a county final in, I suppose. No, like, I mean, the players were probably similar to last year in that nobody gave them a chance against Grange, and now we're coming up against an even bigger and better team and more half favourites because of what they've done. Now, I've seen them in... Quite a few games. I mean, they played Aerobes Intermediates in the Challenge game and really put them to the sword. And I know they've had great games outside the county. So they've been brilliant in fairness to them, um, blowing teams away. And our last Thursday will have given um, a small bit of hope. But we know, look, we would have to probably be as good as we have been uh, and hope maybe they aren't um, on their game, which can happen in a final when there's some half favourites so they will be going in I'd imagine there'll be some nerves from them I think we'll be okay um, but um, we still have to go out and play well if we don't um, more just could do what they're doing all year so. hmm. In terms of your own managerial portfolio uh, you got a bit of kick out of Kilbride when you were down there you've you know probably how long are you six or seven years maybe with with uh, with teams now in terms of adult level? I know you're probably underage size before that too, but uh, definitely I can remember you down in Kildavan on the line for Kilbride anyway in a game. Probably yeah, seven we, or eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, fourteen. We went went over to Kilbride and had three absolutely fantastic years with them. Uh, albeit a terrible start, we ended up getting relegated. I think it could have been the first year there was the teams were cut from twelve to eight. So. Um, we were under actually Rafili beat us in the last group game, which meant they made the quarter final and won the championship that year. And we had a relegation game, which ended up going to a replay against Wallenster. Um, and then the following year, we were intermediate final. The Blues beat us the year after that, Bagnestown in the semi. And then the boys week then the following year in 17 won it. So that was that was brilliant. Um, and 
I ended up going back to Arrow, then with Joe for a few years, and then went to the Fighting Cocks in 19 for a year. Yeah, nice, uh, nice resume. Playing career wasn't too shabby either, in fairness. Ah, it was, it was, it was okay. It was okay. Um, <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I kind of think now, though, I, I got involved with the Arrow, get the media team as a manager in 2011. I was 31. I kind of, I was happy to do that, but. Kind of looking back now, maybe yeah, <laughs> I could have waited a few more years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I do kind of think that as well. Now, it does come down to one little facet in particular, right? Do you know when when you're over, like just said this year, it was a follow Chris or whatever, both here, both are in and you get to play a junior game. When you get past, like, say, 29, 30, 31, you're seeing all the moves that you would love to make, right? And as the saying goes, when you get past the, the 30 mark, it's all head and all legs. And then for a lot of people before the 30 mark, it's all legs and all head. And you're looking at things going on, you're like, and it's just a shame that that's where football leads you. Like, I mean, if you look at it now, a lot of lads at the inter-county stage are gone at 31 or 32. Um, a club player, unless you're a Val Fleming or a freak of nature like that, uh, you know, you're looking at, I suppose, at junior level, if you can get to the 40 mark, you're going quite well. But there's not too many lads playing senior football up around that mark. No, you know what I mean? no. And if they are, as you say, they're, they're kind of maybe one-offs with their, within their club a generation because you can't and you can't do inter-county and club at that high level and sustain it. Um, so, it kind of, whether it's, I don't think it's burnout as such, maybe, maybe guys are just saying I can't keep doing four or five, six nights a week as I've been doing. Um but yeah, as you said, it's funny because you're watching, we've so many young lads uh, on our panel and you're seeing things happening in the game and you know the ball is going to bounce a certain way and you're like, how didn't they see that? But um, <laughs> they're able to make up the legs then to get the next ball and the next tackle. So it's a, it's a different thing. That's the joys of it. They were, we'll leave it at that. The very best look on, on Saturday. I'm never really biased on the left of that podcast, but I hope the Jays you in. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and thanks for chatting to us here. The thanks very much, right. Kevin. Mind yourself.